Welcome to today's podcast brought to you by Coroma, proud sponsor of our 2022 residential series. Coroma has revolutionised the Australian bathroom industry with a long list of innovations including dual flush, smart flush and clean flush rimless technologies. With over 78 years of experience, Coroma believe quality bathrooms are a balance of form, function and looks. Their designs and innovation bring to life a guiding vision of creating sustainable luxury, design that enables you to enjoy bathroom experiences that both complement and elevate your lifestyle, from an energizing morning start to an indulgent, relaxing moment of luxury, all underpinned by sustainability. Today in the studio, we have two fine young toilet experts, dare I say, in toilet technology and design. First up, we have senior industrial designer, Luke DeMichael, who has over 16 years experience as an industrial designer. Luke has been at the forefront of product design and innovation, contributing to numerous award-winning products for GWA bathrooms and kitchens and their leading Coroma brand. With a design approach grounded in practical, functional, and sustainable principles, Luke has been instrumental in the research and development of innovative design solutions that have contributed to significant water savings, as well as maintaining Coroma's position as industry leader. And with Luke, we also have Andy Grigor, the Head of Design Innovation at GWA for the Coroma, Methven, Clark and Dorf brands. Andy has led the design innovation team for Methven since 2016 and GWA Coroma design team since 2020, bringing with him a wealth of design and product development experience. He honed his skills, creating a diverse mix of products ranging from furniture and lighting through to mass manufacturers, manufactured rather appliances and electronics for Breville, Sunbeam and LG. Thanks, Branka. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Okay, so I, you know, I, I would I would be remiss if I didn't mention you know the c word, and I don't mean Coroma, I mean COVID. So over the past two years, because we haven't had enough of that, right, guys? Over the past two years, um, we have seen. I mean, it's become a you know a bit of a international thing, really. We've seen the panic buying of toilet paper and whatnot, um, and in, in terms of you know with with lockdowns and whatnot. So has the past years with what we've seen encouraged companies like, like Coroma to push other designs in terms of maybe to minimise toilet paper, maybe, and obviously this is a sustainability, um, you know, bent as well, but to minimise toilet paper, to maybe, you know, push bidets more. I mean, I don't know how you do that, but, or, or is that really just an urban myth? Oh, look, I think there's definitely... There's certainly a market for, you know, washlet bidet toilets, and, and, I, and I think their acceptance in Australia has definitely grown. Uh, and, look, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to pick people's, you know, uh, different styles, and, and panic buying is one of those ones that's, you know, inherent in, yeah. in, in, in people's mental models. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. Mm. Yeah, okay. No, it was, just, it was just something I thought of because I thought, you know, we could get it, we could really stop this. Um, you know, we can't change human behavior, but we can certainly change technology, can't we? Um, okay, so let's talk about the evolution of home bathroom design. Um, you know, what is changing? What is changing? I mean, let's face it, um, there's a, we're all getting older, okay? Um, and there's a bigger push, or there is a push rather, 
that's increasing, I think, in, you know, for people to, um, you know, aged care, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, what, what is the word? You know, the aging, in, aging in place and aging with, yes. aging with dignity. Yeah, they're, they're, they're certainly the, the key aspects of, of, of bathroom design, you know, going forward with an, with an aging population. Is there so? So, what are some of the new things coming out? I mean, is, is there something that we haven't seen yet? I mean, I know, I know I've been to your showroom over at Alexandria, and you've got some wonderful technology there. Is is really technology behind all the change that we're seeing? I think it's going to be a mix, Branko. I, I think the expectations for for people have really shifted, particularly in that aged care space, where traditionally it's been very institutional looking. Um, Obviously, functional aspects are, are important, but I think that's driven the, the the aesthetics and the outcomes, you know, to such a degree that everything tends to to look look the same. We've got very prescriptive standards that that you know a lot of our care or assisted products need to 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 align with, and that really does dictate a commonality and, and a, a real functionality across the product range. But I think that is really shifting, and you know, we really now have this great opportunity where we've got you know, an aging population. I say that in, in the way that I think of my parents, for example, who have come through as, as baby boomers. And, you know, that they're not, ex their expectations for, for products as they as they age have shifted, whether they're not going to compromise or settle for, you know, what has gone in the past. And there's a real embrace of, of how companies like Coroma can, can lead that way in terms of presenting products that, have all those functional characteristics, but are also in line with the contemporary trends and styles of, of bathroom design and bathroom products. So that that on a, just a product level is a really exciting opportunity and one that, that Coroma is really pioneering in terms of, you know, developing grab rails, assistive supports that look very contemporary, are aligned with the latest color finishes um, and just provide that support and yeah, as I said, sort of that dignity of saying, look, this looks just like a contemporary on-trend bathroom, um, but it does have those assistive qualities that 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 I'll need as as you know as, as I as I age. So I think we're really shifting that approach from being considered purely as a a product for older people too, but more holistically considering it as um, universal design, really, because. Even for someone at, at my age with with a young family, you know those practical aspects of products that can support are at all stages of life. So I think there's a real shift, and yeah, it's a really exciting time with uh, for Coroma in terms of what we've launched recently in terms of uh, Opal collection, beautiful range of grab rails, um, showers with with supports, integrated armrests into toilets. So it's it's really opened up all these great opportunities, and and we've been supported really well too by um, local industries, local research facilities. We've partnered a lot with universities, uh, particularly the University of New South Wales, to to provide that support and guidance to to really be able to work not only with the industry but focus groups, user groups, and 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 really you know really back ourselves that if we're going to do this, we're going to do this properly and, and actually engage with actual users. So that's from a design perspective, that's been really exciting. I think to add, add to that, there's there's also the, you know, it, it, it's originated in a, as a practical functional area. Um, and I think 
The one thing that, you know, COVID has probably further enhanced is, is it, it also holds it an emotional, functional, um, you know, opportunity. Um, you know, it's a place where we put ourselves together at the beginning of the day um, and, you know, invigorate and kind of get a boost. And then at the end of the day, kind of try to escape and unwind. And I think, you know, from a mental health perspective, I think it's one hub of the home uh that you know like you've got the two hubs you know social and kitchen but but the one hub of the home where it's it's a private space and 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 a place to unwind yeah it's interesting you say design because a lot of i mean a lot of the questions that i'm going to ask are about technology and really you know it's, everything's about technology no, no, not even just toilets but whatever we're talking these days it's technology right but it is also a design thing, isn't it? Because, you know, I remember as a kid, I mean, the toilet was never, ever the flashiest part of the house um, or the office or whatever. It was always the, it was always the part um, that it was, um, how would I say, neglected, if that's the right word to use. But now it's, it's, it's you know, it's, dare I, dare I call it fashionable, you know, trendy. It's, it's really part, it's really designed the same sort of levels as let's say the kitchen or the the living room whatever so is that a trend that we well dare i say not increase but something that that, that is now just goes with that without saying is in, in, in terms of how, how we design toilets and bathrooms. yeah look absolutely i mean i think the, i think the key is as we move further into this you know the digital realm um we want technology that's intuitive um and back to my point before about sanctuary, we we kind of want technology that uh, is hidden but helps. Um, and there's definitely a movement, I think, you know, it's from this tra transition from a, a a smart home to a thoughtful home. And and, I, and you know that's the areas that we're working in. Uh, look, I, I think you you make a really good point when you when you talk about bathrooms, and in reference to to kitchens, and and I think particularly with bathrooms, we've seen that clear shift from them just being those purely functional spaces to, to areas now where, you know, people are far more wanting to express their own individual style and preferences. Um, so, you know, much, much like kitchens in the past have now become extensions and integrated within living spaces, you know, bathrooms too now are becoming far more increasingly influenced by broader interior design trends, I think particularly with that strong connection to elements of colour, material and textures, where in the past we might have always sort of been, particularly in Australia, quite, uh, quite conservative. So, you know, we, it's, I think it's no surprise that we've started to see, you know, elements of timber or marble or, or this whole rise of metallic finishes coming into that bathroom space to just create, you know, a far more tactile experience, really shifting um, where it has been previously. Even, even to the point of lighting, you know, functional lighting has really shifted now to more ambient lighting and, and how that can help with moods and transitions from, from morning to evening. So it's a, it, it really is an exciting time. So, you know, to Andy's point, I think, you know, at the end, at the end of the day, in the world that we live in at the moment with all the stresses and challenges, you know, who, who doesn't want that bathroom where they can, you know, escape and sort of connect with? Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the, the bathroom as a sanctuary. There's there, there's a title of my next article. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, but seriously though, look, you, you did actually touch on something really interesting. Um, the fact is, 
a good design and, you know, picking different colours or the proper colours and, you know, just doing things nice does not actually cost any more, right? It's, in fact, in fact, if, if you do good design, it should actually overall cost you less than doing bad design, really. So in in that way, like when you look back back in the oldie days, and I'm talking about the 80s, right? <laughs> so for those of us who remember the 80s, um, what does it say about society that we kind of looked at looked at the bathroom as if it was literally the dare I call it the appendix of of the house design, and yet now it's it's integral as you pointed out, it's it's very um it's very much you know. Uh, it, Designed in the same way as you one would a kitchen or, a, or 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 whatever else. What do you think that says about us as a society? I think it. I think it's it highlights. I think us as a society. You know, the role and the value of of the house and that space. You know, does extend just just beyond what previously was. You know, a few essential areas that that or central rooms that may have been more set up for, you know, when, when others come over or, you know, you set them up. It's, 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 the, it's the good old Aussie ad, adage of, of the good room where I think people's perception, <laughs> people's perception of that have, have obviously changed. There are higher expectations on what they, that what they want from the house. And, and those, you know, let, there's no compromise across any space and, and obviously particularly within places like the bathroom. I think, the same, you know, we've seen even in terms of laundries and, and yeah. butler cabinets, you know, uh, but, butler kitchens. This, it's this idea of, well, I'm going to, I have a, a level of expectation here and it's, it's raised a lot higher and now I want that to continue throughout throughout the house. So I think as a society, you know, no, uh, no room gets left now when, when, when we talk about the expectations across the interior design, um, bathroom or product selection throughout the house. I think there's also a level of awareness as well. Like, I mean, I think people's awareness of design and 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 appreciation for the details is is there. And I think that um, we've seen that in the in the you know future lifestyle trends um, where you know there's this idea of uh, you know fewer better things, uh, and so people's appreciation for uh, you know, getting the details right and 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 actually spending their money in the right areas and and and, and appreciating uh, design at that level, uh, we've definitely seen that increase. And I guess you can also see that um, in some of the areas where you know things haven't haven't dropped off. You know, in the luxury areas where people are, are actually really aware of where they want to put their design money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think, Franco, you, you make a good point that, you know, it shouldn't cost more to, to get, you know, a beautiful bathroom. But when you, when you think of the process and, and the, the complexity of a, of a bathroom renovation, you know, from, from, a, from those actually doing it, it, it's quite a complex process. And I think one of the key advantages that the Coroma has in the market is, is that ability to offer you know, complete bathroom solutions. So the ability then for us to utilise our design capabilities to, to support the consumers in that selection by, you know, it might be as simple as having a, a clear aesthetic across the product range, such that, you know, of all these choices that a, that a consumer might have to make during a renovation, um, the, the confidence that they can get from saying, look, 
I look at this Chroma collection and I can see that it's all being considered and that's going to help me on that journey. So I know if I pick, you know, this particular tap with the same, you know, from the same range as this basin, that there's going to be, you know, not only aesthetic considerations, but the functional considerations of knowing that will work with that. Um, likewise, then flowing into all those other products that need to be purchased. And I think that that really is, is, is a key role that we can play and a key advantage because you're right, it shouldn't, shouldn't cost more, but it is a complicated task. So, yeah. you know, this idea of Coroma being able to offer sort of, you know, cu curated experiences is, is certainly where we can help support our customers going forward. And, and Luke's touched on our, you know, our, our design philosophy and that, you know, we, we want to make it easy for you to design with us. Um, you know, easy for easy for you to install, uh, easy to you know to match, as Luke mentioned, and and basically at the end of the day, <laughs> easy for you to buy us. So, um, you know, that's that's the ambition. Doing a bit of research, you know, before this podcast, you know, there's all sorts of you know, when you're putting high tech toilets, you know, you, you go down. I, I won't call it a rabbit hole. It's 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 more like a it's more like a roller coaster of, of websites, <laughs> all sorts of weird and wonderful things, but. For example, in Japan, you got you got high tech toilets. That are, I mean, they're everywhere. It's not like I mean, you know, you have your high tech toilets at your at your um, showroom, Alexandria. But you know, most people don't have high tech toilets in their house. But in Japan, they are literally everywhere: hotels, restaurants, bus stations, bus stations, all things, rest stops around eighty and at eighty percent of homes. Um, and you can go back to the place like Australia or the US, where you know. And, and this is not; these are not my words, but some of our toilets are stuck in the age of, you know, dirty coal mines and a horse and buggy. So basically, you know, they have a feature flush. <laughs> you know, some have dual flush. You know, I, I, I hear I hear some Coroma ones have dual flush, but seriously though, they really don't 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 do much. Um, so no heated seats, no nice smells and sounds, no sanitizing blasts of liquid. You know, as as one person put, it's like cleaning your dishes without water. It's gross. So the question is, why can't we all have high-tech toilets like the Japanese? We, we absolutely can. I mean, I guess um, there are two ends of the development spectrum here. Um, you know, the, the full diagnostics, you know, biometrics, um, I guess through to the other end, which is, you know, solving a genuine problem like cleaning and smell, like, like, like you mentioned. Um, you know, cleaning is obviously one of those ones that's high on our on our, our agenda, and you know, with our rimless products that in, you know include that clean flush, that that's part of it, and that's the start of the journey. Um, uh, but if you you know if you really want to take the conversation there for high tech uh, toilets, you know, there's the guys at the other end, which are you know Stanford scientists who who last year made the headlines, um, you know, boldly going where no one's gone before by putting uh, fully camera-laden toilets, um, you know, the scans and recognises and actually, you know, much like a fingerprint can understand who's sitting on the toilet. Um, so um, through to, you know, as you say, the Japanese um, and Toto being one of the ones that's um, at the forefront of the, in that area and, and this year released at CES, um, you know, the, the latest version of their wellness toilet, toilet um, which has multiple sensors in there that can track 
well, claims to track, you know, mental and physical status um, and then provide recommendations, you know, about your health. Um, look, we can't ignore that. I mean, you have on your wrist the ability to, you know, track, track your heart rate and, and, and whatnot. Um, so, but I'd say if I, if, I, if I rewind back to the, you know, that, that spectrum of development, you know, we're, we're kind of taking a very pragmatic approach to, to solve, you know, genuine problems. But I guess, you know, watch the space. Yeah, I think I'll add to that, that, you know, I think the Australian New Zealand market, we, we really are quite well positioned to be able to re review and refine, you know, the, the best aspects of toilets across multiple countries and cultures. And, you know, you touched upon Japan there and, you know, in, in 2007, you know, Karoma was the first to redefine that the Japanese style of toilet with an integrated hand basin. And, and, and thus from that, you know, refining that sort of process and putting it into an Australian context, we were able to develop the first world's five-star rated toilet. So, you know, we, we have been able to, in the past, put the right, see opportunities and how other cultures and countries do things and then put it into an Australian context for us, that five-star toilet obviously was ideal for you know Australia's water crisis and um, and Karoma's commitment to water saving. So, it's it's sometimes taking just the, the key elements and then putting, as I said, an Australian lens over it. T to Andy's point, like technology is no doubt the next frontier for bathroom design. I think it. I think at the moment, you know, I think Karoma's made a really great. Uh, targeted approach to focus on you know the commercial applications i think that's where the greatest sort of costs and, and water saving opportunities lie and return and on investment but i think like like a lot of you know toilet products or bathroom products in the past you know they they established themselves well in the commercial application um, in the commercial market and then you know naturally as that acceptance grows um you know it naturally flows down into into a sort of more of a targeted retail market so i'm positive you know the, the the great inroads that we're making with recent products like our chroma smart command will inevitably prepare us well for the next generation um more in that sort of retail retail um re sorry, residential residential market so yeah it's it's exciting i i, I guarantee you branko that you will have your your high-tech toilet very soon okay <laughs> i'm glad and you know you know we, we can joke and, and, we, and we do joke about toilets right but at the end of the day there is there's some real serious side here isn't it because hmm. i mean there was a thing on sbs a couple of years ago and i remember watching it and they were talking about the development and expansion of cities like manchester and liverpool in the uk during the industrial or just at the start of the industrial revolution and one of the main things that that allowed those cities to expand was the fact that they put in flushing toilets and a sewage system. Um, and when you go back, when you go forward rather, and, and, and you go around the world is what I'm trying to say, um, you note that you know one of the biggest ways of, of stopping disease spread is, is you know, soap, you know, to use soap after you've gone to the toilet. Um, that in itself, you know, contributes to not only obviously civilizational, you know, um, I guess well-being, but you know, on the more personal level, it does stop disease. It, it does help with you know, well-being. You know, so these things are kind of you know, not, they're actually quite important, aren't they? Oh, Branko, I think I think you make a really a really good point. You know, 
on one hand, we're talking about, you know, where technology currently can lead us on a product level. But I think what's really important to consider with, with bathroom products is they're ultimately part of the network. And that network, to your, to your point, is, is the sewerage system, is drainage. And, you know, you've got to get that balance right. They, they, they work together. So, you know, I think Coroma's, you know, identified that in the past where we've really been at the, the forefront of, say, lowering water volumes. But, you know, you, we're kind of clear too that you start to get to a point where the product can function at a lower volume. But if it's not supported by the underlying network, then, you know, that sort of break happens. You know, you've got to work together. And, and I, think, I think in terms of technology, the Coroma approach currently is, you know, with, with its launch of its sort of new smart command platform, is to really think of the bathroom beyond just the toilet, but to really see it as that network of product solutions. And, and that obviously then encompasses things like basins, toilets, tapware, showers. Um, obviously, that's where key advances and, and savings can be made in terms of water. Um, but... I think that approach is, is, is probably going to be the key shift in terms of how products can work together. Um, and then, you know, as I said, Coroma has always historically been in that good position to, to then work and drive changes to standards or working with um, regulatory bodies to, to get that bigger network approach happening and, and to drive um, not only sustainability then, but obviously as technology comes into it, starting to connect those other aspects um, that, that ultimately are then going to help deliver those sort of toilets of the future. With over 78 years of experience, Caroma believed quality bathrooms are a balance of form, function and looks. Their designs and innovation bring to life a guiding vision of creating sustainable luxury design that enables you to enjoy bathroom experiences that both complement and elevate your lifestyle. From an energizing morning start to an indulgent, relaxing moment of luxury, all underpinned by sustainability. And now back to our podcast. This is what the Guardian said just recently, by the way, which is interesting. The smart toilet's time has come, and it's potentially a huge market in the developed world. Everyone who is able to able to use a, a toilet multiple times a day. Now, I know this is something you guys said you're working on in terms of smart toilets, but what? How big of a market are we talking about here? I mean, you know, is there like is there like some sort of projection in terms of? How many billions? I mean, let's face it. I mean, everyone needs a toilet, right? So what kind of huge market are we talking in terms of smart toilets? Is there a number? I think to that previous point, it, it really is this shift in the discussion from, from purely considering the smart toilet to the smart bathroom. And I think that's the logical integration that, that will happen that will that will really drive, um, you know, those those broader market opportunities when we start to consider, you know, the relationship of a basin and a tap and a toilet and a shower, how, you know, not only the user can interact with them differently um, in terms of being able to, to get, you know, benefit, enjoyment to their lives, but, but then obviously also in terms of the developed world, saving, smarter use of water, greater return on investment for, um, for that, you know, for that, for that purchase. 
and we and we also from a you know from a bathroom space perspective we want to kind of try and shift that conversation not only about just water it's about energy as well and so you know you you know a lot of the conversations about you know water saving but you know what people don't understand is that you know they use a lot of energy to heat water um and 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 so when you use less water you inherently use less energy so uh, from a sustainability perspective you know look we can't take our eye off the fact that um you know water scarcity and sort of global water stress is intensifying um and so um, you know, Luke's right. Uh, we've got to look at the, the larger system, um, but also the impact that we can make uh, in that space. Um, and obviously, you know, toilets are optimised uh, to a certain uh, degree at this point in time, but we still continue to innovate in that area. Um, but it's very difficult to get um, your kids out of the shower. Um, and that's a number that uh, keeps ticking over and so from a water use perspective uh, that's another area we're looking into yeah just adding on to andy's point there like you know there's obviously a lot of talk about smart and and i think that term often gets sort of you know sort of labeled quite generic in terms of what what smart could be so i think while whilst on one hand i think we definitely see it as this is going to have the biggest impact in terms of the future of design and where we can take that, I think inherently it's also going to be the biggest challenge because I think it seems a bit of, you know, at times I think it can be just a blanket label or a bit cliche about, you know, a smart home or a smart toilet. I think the real, the real challenge, and it's a challenge that Chroma, you know, is, is working on is to how, how to shift that to really get meaningful, intelligent living or, you know, how, how can we really put technology into products that are going to, you know, add value to people's lives. And, and that could be, to Andy's point, you know, that, that convergence and collaboration, you know, where we start to think, well, how our industry could work with, say, you know, the medical industry in terms of providing, you know, real-time diagnostics. But you know, I think Andy makes a really good point too about how power and water networks can then work together to drive sustainability and, and those cost benefits. Um, so they're, they're probably sort of two areas. And then I think, you know, the, the, the icing on the cake is then also just that real focus on the individual again and, and how we can use technology to create those bathroom environments that, that are engaging and, and enriching and, you know, really make the, the bathroom the, the centre or the focus of the home going forward. If you rewind back to our comment about, um, you know, the hubs of the home and, and you know, like our, our lives are already overloaded and actually because we've, you know, through COVID have been <laughs> trapped in our homes for, for, for a, lot, a lot of that time. Um, you know, we, we want that space where it's, it's more about sanctuary and to actually remove that overload of information that we're getting, you know. And so from a, a digital or smart home, we want that to be, you know, like I said before, hidden technology that basically helps. Um, and so that you're not getting that overload of, you know, uh, information in that space, but it, it, it's still up there at the highest level of technology that that helps you look, you know, look after yourself basically. That's interesting. Both of you are industrial designers, and, and it's interesting that when I, when I listen to how, how you how you describe your approach, 
to what um, where design's going. So let's talk about how you actually approach design. I mean, I guess if you design a car, you have a certain number of KPIs that you have to adhere to. The car has to, well, there are safety KPIs, you know, there are speed, there are, you know, weight, whatever. When you are designing a new toilet, basin, shower, bathroom, whatever sort of scenario, how do you research and plan your products? How do you test? How do you, how do you, um, I mean, how do you prove what you've, what you've designed? How about we start with the process? Because look, I think, you know, you know, one of the things that um, from a design perspective is observation, you know, like really understanding uh, that customer's journey, um, you know, uh, unpicking those pain points and actually creating the objects that, that, that people desire. Um, we've got a key challenge in our space, and that is, you know, uh, you know, we would do that with observation and cameras and whatnot. And so actually filming people in the shower or filming people on the toilet is probably is, is a key challenge. <laughs> um, but it, it does come down to um, actually uh, the, the very front end of actually talking to customers and understanding their pain points and then trying to solve problems, trying to solve genuine problems. Look, I think, you know, a key advantage, obviously, for, for, for Coroma and the GWA as, as, a, as a whole is that ability for us to have those in-house design and engineering capabilities. Like, you know, Coroma has always had a really hands-on approach, you know, from, from a design perspective. We're very quick to take concepts to prototype stage, you know, we, we have a great team of uh, modelers and, and pattern makers and we'll make one-to-one -one scale prototypes and really get quickly into actually looking at the product. It's, it, we take it very quickly from sketches and, and computer renderings to, to the actual product. And what that allows us is it just, it just opens up that conversation because then we can take the product and we can have that engagement with, with key industry partners um, for feedback. And, and have that collaborative engagement where you know, we say, look, we're, we're in the process of this, you know, we haven't launched it. We're not coming here saying, you know, do you like this? It's like, we are working on this and, and be with us on that journey. Um, you know, cross-functionally from a design perspective, you know, we engage obviously with sales and marketing and supply team to, to continually identify sort of new opportunities and, and projects for, for the brands. But I think what, what I've, always enjoyed and um, working obviously with people like Andy and, and Dr. Steve Cummings as well is that there's always been this culture from the design and engineering teams to sort of challenge themselves. I think it's always, we always have this approach of, you know, how could this be improved? How can we make this better? And I think it's that approach um, combined with that hands-on approach and then actually putting yourself into the, into the position of a plumber or a consumer and doing an installation or working with a plumber at an installation and to, I think Andy summed it up perfectly. It's those pain points. I think understanding or identifying those pain points uh, are the nuggets for where that true innovation can then be found. And we can sort of shape our process around that. So, you know, it, it really is uh, a very hands-on approach within, within the company. Um, and then I, we're, I, think we're, yeah. I think the two innovation centres is, is a key part of it too, right? And I think... You're absolutely right about the prototyping side of things. I mean, you know, as we go into a global manufacturing world, um, 
we you know we get products made in different areas of the globe but our, our ability to uh, prototype and understand highly complicated highly technically um, difficult um, products and then prototype them um, is at the highest level um, and and you know obviously we, um, we've got a you know state-of-the-art 2,000 square metre innovation centre in Sydney uh, and a experience centre in, in, in Auckland as well that specialises in, in showering products. And so, you know, these are both purpose-built um, research and development centres that do everything from sketch, you know, 3D print through to actually making these products at the, at the highest level, um, from, uh, prototyping these products at the highest level. In terms of Karoma, where does the company sit in terms of the global sort of design pack? You know, are you guys sort of toward the front or, you know, are you leading? I mean, how, how is it in terms of where, you know, where you're taking the design of Swallows and Bathrooms? Oh, look, I think from an Australian-New Zealand perspective, um, you just have to look at the amount of patents that we have um, and also the balance of design awards that goes with that. Um, and, and that's throughout, you know, all of our brands. Um, so, you know, absolutely the ambition is to be uh, at the head of the pack as far as uh, a design-led business goes. Yeah, I think certainly from a sustainability perspective, you know, both Andy and I, you know, would attend, you know, European uh, fairs and, you know, and see the latest in terms of what our European counterparts are offering in terms of products. And, you know, I think certainly from a sustainability perspective, we, you know, we are leading in the, in the you know, one of the leading company, uh, countries in the world. Um, and, I, you know, I think particularly a company like Chroma that, that has really established that foundation of flushing performance, you know, where we've really, since the invention of dual flush, you know, we, we've never compromised on that key aspect of performance. That's, that's the cornerstone of the business. And then, you know, our, our ability then is once you've got that foundation in place and there's continual improvement, like we've done recently with our, you know, rimless uh, clean flush toilet uh, technology, is then, you know, the aesthetic aspects of it and the design aspects. You know, again, they, they, they're obviously influenced um, by broader international trends. But again, we've always had that advantage of being able to, to see where the trends are heading um, across, you know, say Europe, but then put them into that Australian context. And in some ways that can be quite simple. It can be as easy as, as, as putting it into the context of, you know, the, the Australian bathroom footprint, or the size and scale. You know, where you might see products presented in Europe, but they're, they're, they're too big, too large for, for an Australian bathroom or not the right format. You know, Australia, you know, we have the advantage with, you know, prevalence of, say, semi-recess basins and things that aren't as common that we see overseas. So I think from a design perspective, we're, we're, we're you know, quite good at identifying those trends, but then putting them, you know, into an, an appropriate size and scale for the Australian market, Australian New Zealand market. I mean, we've definitely got a pragmatic approach, um, and, and, and we're in a in a fairly slow moving moving industry. You know, like you say, in Japan, it's been there for 20, 20 years, but the acceptance uh, inside of you know the Australian market has 
it, it just takes time, right? Um, and I think, you know, the, the pragmatic approach is probably going to be the one that, that ends up winning. So the, on, on that, I'll ask you a, the, a question I normally ask is, is to predict the future, to be a futurist, really. Um, do you think, I mean, this is in terms of your current positions and also in, in your, your many years of insight, do you think that we'll ever get to a point where we won't need a toilet like we know it now in terms of, in our house, you know, is, is are there designs, are there things going in, in a way that, the toilet of 2200, 2100 is going to look very different. It's going to be very different to what it is today. Um, and the reason I ask that is because, you know, technology is really funny. Like we have things for centuries and then all of a sudden we make one change and then we, everything's changed completely. I mean, the, the, the concept of a flushing toilet has been around for a while. Will we ever get to a point where the toilet will look completely different? And I don't mean as a hologram. I mean something completely, <laughs> completely different. This is the curly question, right? Um, yeah, look, you know, we do a little bit of work in the in that area of futurology, uh, and it's really interesting. Um, I mean, I'll I'll let Luke answer this one as well because I'm kind of laughing a little bit here. But um, I think the one that I I've seen from a trend perspective um, that I that I that I find quite interesting and maybe as a roundabout way of answering your question and that is this idea of an atomized bathroom um and, and, and amongst that the atomized bathroom and and the the new wellness space were kind of interlinked um but what we're seeing is kind of you know those pressures on space and the way that you approach um, design in those spaces and that the idea that bathroom fixtures could be dispersed around your home in this kind of new wellness area. Um, and, and yeah, then when you start to link it to, you know, mental health and your, your, the, your, butt, your butt, uh, bedroom and this idea of always getting the right amount of sleep, you know, what does that bathroom look like in the future? Um, now, does that mean that you would treat the toilet in a, in a, in a different way? Um, no, we don't know the answer to that, but it's an interesting one to watch. Yeah, well, I think obviously as, as, as we progress, I think, you know, material technologies and processes, like, like we've seen in recent years with the rise of, you know, 3D printing and modular pod construction, I think, I think those design boundaries and constraints will continue to open up. And I, I agree, Franco, that I, I, from a design perspective, I'd like to see the possibility of, of, of challenging those traditional forms and typologies. You know, you know, you can sort of say that you know, toilet design has remained fairly consistent in terms of practicalities of you know storage area for water, traditional seated sort of bowl. Um, I think to that point I raised earlier, I, I think as as the network and plumbing as a whole shifts, I think that will help open up and change that further i think you know as we maybe move into the future and, and really have more of a closed loop system where we're, we're not essentially requiring you know waste and water to be dispersed where everyone else's waste and water gets collected and taken off site i think you know as as that approach shifts then i think you can really start to drive some really interesting changes as, in terms of the space how we can capture reuse the water across all the all the network within within a house is really exciting um 
but also you know just yeah that I think we'll always have have a toilet but I think our expectations and experience of that space will, will shift you know I think I think the actual uh the actual process of you know passing waste will just be one of a series of tasks or expectations that we'll we'll experience when we go when we go to the bathroom because as, as we've said earlier I think the opportunity to open that up to diagnostics and from a medical perspective in, in entertainment information it'll it, you know it's kind of endless and I think you know I think at the end of the day we, people will make that space what what they want to or what they want to get out of it because I think we'll all continue that sort of push for personalization so you know our great-grandkids you know experience might be different to your great-grandkids because we'll all want different um different aspects of, of that experience as you know as and that's probably the timeline so to answer your question <laughs> we hope to see toilets around for the stay there within our lifetime anyway well i think that brings an end to our tuesday toilet talk uh luke de michael and andy grigor thank you very much uh that was um again fascinating you know many people probably are not aware how interesting toilets can be oh thanks Branka. it was Pleasure to talk to you. Always, Andy and I are always happy to, to talk toilets, aren't we? Yeah, there's a dad joke in there somewhere, but anyway, thanks very much. There are a lot of dad jokes there, and, and not once did I mention the word Bristol Index. Thank you once again to today's sponsor, Karoma, the proud sponsor of our 2022 residential series. This is Brank and signing off with talk, Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye.